She wasn't just a horse. She was a Marine. Today I'm exploring the story of Sergeant Reckless, a war horse from the Korean War who's famous for her contributions to the war as an artillery horse, as well as her strong bond with her fellow Marines. Welcome to the Horses in History podcast. This is our first episode, so I wanted to give a little background on how this podcast was born. I'm Brandy, and I'm a lifelong equestrian. I was born on an 80-acre horse farm. My parents are horse trainers, and my entire life has been pretty much spent in and out of a barn. I showed APHA and PTHA all around, almost all of my life. I still do when I have a little bit of spare time, but I have a lot less of that than I did when I was younger. I have a college degree in history, and that's something else I'm extremely passionate about. I think it's so important to remember our past and understand where we came from, and I'm really passionate about educating others about history. I decided the perfect way to combine my two loves, my two passions, horses and history, was in a podcast where I could teach people about famous horses in history and horses in important historical moments. So welcome to our first episode. All right, let's dive into the story of Reckless. First, let's orient ourselves in history. It's 1952, so World War II is a very recent memory in the minds of everyone. The United States is currently embroiled in the Korean War, and that's where we're going to find our Marines. Stationed in South Korea, fighting North Korean and Chinese combined forces. Reckless, the heroine of our story, was born in Korea, however the year is unknown. Her history is largely unknown, so what I'm going to tell you is the most popular story, but the accuracy of it is highly debated. What has endured is that she, is a f- she was the foal of an aging champion racehorse who died soon after her birth. She was then raised as an orphan, and her owner named her Flame of the Morning, which was also supposedly the name her mother shared. She likely never raced because around this time, the North Koreans invaded, and she likely had to help her owner's family escape to safety by pulling a cart. Again, this is all debated. Her breed is also something that's debated. Some say she was a Mongolian horse, but it's more likely that she was a Jeju pony, the only breed native to this area. They're known for being short, fast, and sturdy, with racing careers for up to 20 years. She was a chestnut with a long mane, a white stripe down her face, and three white socks. She's said to have a very dainty face and kind eyes. And if you look at the pictures of her, I would agree. She was very cute. When things calmed down, she returned to the track with her owners, but it was very soon after that that she was purchased by the U.S. Marines, led by Lieutenant Peterson of the U.S. Marine Corps' 75mm recoilless rifle platoon, a part of the 5th Regiment, which was stationed in Korea. Lieutenant Peterson had decided to purchase a horse because the mountainous terrain of Korea had made hauling artillery up the side of the mountains extremely difficult on his men. The men had been hauling it, it was taking them forever, and it was also just decreasing their energy. They needed to conserve their energy to actually do the fighting. So he thought that finding a horse could potentially do that job and save his men. Peterson was familiar with horses, so he had a good idea that this could work. So, on October 26th, 1952, Lieutenant Peterson took off with two other men to the racetrack in Seoul, South Korea, and he looked at several different horses before settling on Reckless. 
His reason for purchasing her and not the others was that she was small, which was something that was important for the job he wanted her to do because he needed her to be small enough to move around under the brush and also to fit in the utility trailer that he had brought to haul her back. They didn't have a horse trailer there, so they had put sides on a utility trailer, which was not very big, and decided that was how they were going to haul their new horse home if they found one. He also appreciated that she seemed very calm. The track was actually being partially used as a airport, so she was standing there day in, day out, listening to airplanes uh, land and take off. She didn't really react to this, and that was something that he really appreciated. So, for 250 American dollars, which came out of Peterson's own personal pocket, Sergeant Reckless was purchased by the U.S. Marine Corps, and she traveled back to their camp in the little utility trailer. When she arrived there, she was placed under the care of Joe Latham, their gunnery sergeant in the camp, and he had horse experience. On my Instagram, there's going to be a photo of Sergeant Reckless and Joe Latham, who did take care of her the majority of her time in Korea as a part of the Marines. They built her a little barbed wire paddock, and she became part of the group. The men pretty much fell in love with her immediately. She was extremely friendly. She really loved humans. She'd obviously been well cared for most of her life, so she just settled in and started making friends, and oh, did she make friends. I'll tell you more about how the men doted on her a little later. But first, we're going to talk about her hoof camp. So hoof camp is what they basically called Sergeant Reckless's version of basic training. Uh, Lieutenant Peterson's wife shipped him a pack saddle, and that's what they used to strap artillery to her for her runs to the front line. But first, she needed to be trained. So they taught her to haul the artillery, to step over barbed wire, to lie down during fire, and to run to her personal bunker when someone yelled incoming. By all accounts, she was extremely intelligent and picked all of this up very quickly. She seemed to have really good instincts for protecting herself, which probably came from the fact that she had pretty much been born into a war zone and lived her entire life to that point in a war zone of some form. Eventually, they did have to head to the front, and Reckless accompanied them. She again got her own paddock, and her little bunker in case of fire. She had a little bit of a, you know, like all great horses, they can be pretty particular about people, and she was just like that. Some people would come up to her, and supposedly she would kick at them if she just didn't like them, while others she loved immediately. So she was pretty particular. Um, You know, she was a chestnut mare, so what do you expect? There was also one time that she somehow got loose and went missing for a day, which put the entire camp into utter panic. They thought for sure she was going to be killed. She could step on a landmine and injure herself terribly. She could be captured by opposing forces, or simply she could just be gone and never found again. Thankfully, within a day, she was found safe and sound and brought back to camp, and she she was uninjured and everything was fine, so crisis averted. So, circling back to the men's reaction, uh, they were largely extremely surprised to see a horse in the camp. By 1952, horses really were not being used in warfare anymore, though historically horses have been used in warfare extensively. If we think all the way back to medieval warfare, they were doing almost all of that on horseback. Even upwards of World War I, horses were still being used because we didn't exactly have 
the capabilities of tanks and all of that. So they were still using horsepower to move everything they needed to for war. But by World War II, and then obviously the Korean War comes after World War II, horses were not a staple of warfare anymore, for the most part. So for most Marines, they would be arriving into Korea expecting to see trucks and tanks and airplanes, not a small little horse. But that's exactly what they found. They found Reckless. She was really good. Like all animals in warfare over time, we hear about dogs, cats. Uh, There was even a bear in a Polish regiment during World War II. Not going to go into that right now, but it's a very interesting story if you look up that. Um, Animals have a gift for lifting spirits. We all know this. If you're listening to this, you're probably a horse person. And if you're anything like me, going into the barn is like my personal version of therapy. So it makes me feel better. Just spending a couple hours with my horse is the best way for me to lift my spirits. So imagine being in war, far from home. A lot of these men were very young. It was probably their first time really being out in the world, and they were stuck in the middle of a war. So being able to see a horse, something that just brings happiness, had to have been a wonderful way to just come to terms with this experience and be able to have a way to lift your spirits. Particularly, um, Corporal Joe Gordon said that seeing Reckless was something that reminded him of home. He had grown up on a horse farm in Oahu um, and grew up using horses in his everyday life. So getting to the war in Korea and finding a horse there really made him feel like he was at home and helped him get through the experience. Reckless was also extremely gentle and trusting, and that made her really, really endeared her to the men. They loved her, and they doted on her. When I say doted, I mean she was spoiled rotten. She would eat almost anything and had a huge appetite, and the men indulged her endlessly. She would beg, so she would find whoever was eating and just beg for whatever that was. She didn't care what it was. She would eat absolutely anything. Uh, Personal side note, my personal gelding is like this. If you are eating it, he wants it, and he will eat it. His personal favorite is Oreos. Reckless also would eat anything. She pretty much got to freely roam the camp once they realized that she wasn't going to disappear. So she would regularly stop at the mess hall and they would just slide a a plate to her of whatever they they were eating and she would join in. They tried to supplement this with grass and grain and some things that were more natural for a horse to eat, but Reckless had other ideas and if she wanted to eat it, she would eat it, including occasionally cigarettes. She actually was known to eat full packs of cigarettes. I don't think that was very good for her, but she didn't seem to care. Oh, and like any good Marine, she loved beer. And she would actually go bite people to wake them up so that they would pour her a beer. So take that as you will. She was, you know, animals are, well, horses particularly are herd animals. So she basically adopted the men as her herd. She would actually sometimes on cold nights sleep in a tent with the men, or she would warm her up warm herself up behind the water heaters, and she just really adapted into this environment. Despite the fact that she was the only horse, she just decided that these men were her herd, and she made the best of it. So, Reckless turned out to be extremely effective for the job that she was hired, well, not hired, but bought to do. She could traverse the terrain of South Korea very quickly and very safely. She was exceptionally sure-footed, and she was really strong, 
for her size. She was only about 14 hands tall, um, but she was able to carry upwards of 120 pounds of artillery in one trip. So that saved a ton of manpower. She could carry it very quickly up the mountain, which also helped to restock those guns at the top of the mountain as quickly as possible, which was going to help end battles faster. It was early 1953 when she really got into battle for the first time, and she certainly showed her mettle. A napalm shell hit close to where she was standing with the Marines, and her only reaction was to just prance a bit, she whinnied twice, and then she started eating grass. The men were in awe at her bravery and calmness in what normally would be a situation that would set any other horse on edge. When they actually started using her in battle, a man would lead her on her route between the stock area where she would pick up artillery to where the gun was where she would need to drop the artillery. So a man would lead her once or twice, and then after that, she would just make the trip all on her own. And this astonished people. Other platoons who are, well, yeah, I think it's platoons who were there would just be amazed that this horse is just moving her way through the battlefield all on her own. However, there was a trick. So their training trick to get her to do this was that the first couple times she would make the routes, they would have snacks waiting for her at each stop. As we already discussed, she was, she was a food lover, so this taught her the route pretty quickly. And this is a pretty effective training method. I'm sure all of us have used peppermint treats at some point in time to get our horse to do something they didn't otherwise want to do. I know personally, my gelding did not want to go over a bridge for trail. So I sprinkled br- grain on the bridge for a couple months, and then now he has never refused a bridge since. Knock on wood. So she made these routes on her own. She never ran. She never wavered. She stuck with the men. She carried her loads and she did her job. And this is really what just made her so beloved by the men around her because she was working just as hard as they were and she was just as loyal as they were. And the opposing side actually did start to notice how effective she was. They once tried to take her out, but thankfully her Marines took the sniper out and she remained safe. She was a really different kind of warhorse than what we have seen throughout history. So most warhorses, as I already mentioned, have been used throughout history, but they would be ridden into battle or driven into battle in a cart. So there was still a man urging that horse to do the thing that they were doing. Here, we have Reckless moving on her own. Obviously, yes, she's prompted by treats and food and her training, but she's really doing the bulk of what she she does during battle all on her own. And this is just really unusual, and she's one of few horses um, in the history of war to do this, and it's part of what has made her stand out so much, is that she worked on her own, and she did it really well. So I do have to say that she was not actually the only war horse in Korea. There were other Korean ponies, the Jeju ponies, that worked on both sides of the fight. However, Reckless is the one that has gained fame, and her story is the one that has endured, so we're going to only talk about her. However, I do want to recognize that there were other horses working, and I'm sure their contributions are also great and wonderful, and they should be honored as well, but I don't know about them, so I can't do that at this point in time. So again, I mentioned that she would carry about 120 pounds of artillery. This was four to six shells for the recoilless rifle, and they would strap them to the pack saddle that Lieutenant Peterson's wife had sent him, and that's how that's how she would make her her runs. 
She also did other things. She helped lay wires. She actually would carry dead and wounded men down off the mountain, but largely her job was to haul artillery. So her biggest battle is the Battle of Pen... Penmumjum Vegas. I do not know if I am saying that right. If I am saying it wrong, please someone correct me. But this was from March 26th to the 30th, 1953. So, I will tell you about this after a short break. Alright, welcome back. Let's hear about Reckless's greatest triumph. So during the Battle of Penmunjum Vegas, also known as the Battle of Outpost Vegas or Vegas Hill, it was one of the biggest battles during this period in Korea. And... It was her most notable accomplishment because one of the days of the battle, she made 51 solo trips, all by herself. She carried a total of 386 recoilless rounds. That's over 9,000 pounds. And she covered over 35 miles that day alone. And you have to think that this is over mountainous terrain. This is through gunfire. Her trip included scaling a hill at a 45 degree angle and walking along the top of a ridge where she would be fully exposed to enemy fire. When you really stop and think about the fact that this is an animal doing this all on her own, it is truly, truly incredible that she would do such a thing. Along with the men, she worked day and night for three days with only short breaks in between to eat and sleep. It was an exceptionally brutal campaign and they did actually lose a lot of men in this campaign, and Reckless herself was wounded twice. She was hit with shrapnel over her left eye and another time on her left flank, and after quickly getting treated, she just kept on going. It didn't slow her down at all. Thankfully, this battle ended up being a Marine victory, and you have to think that Reckless, carrying over 9,000 pounds of artillery, had to have a pretty huge part in that, in that victory. She ended up getting promoted to corporal as a result of this battle and even got two purple hearts for her two injuries. So Reckless was recognized for her contributions to the Marines and was awarded right alongside them, as she should have been, because you know what? I think she worked just as hard as they did. It should be said that not everyone loved Reckless. Her Marines sure loved her, but the Navy wasn't quite so fond. Towards the end of her time in Korea, she was transported via ship to another area, and she ended up making quite a large mess on the deck, and the ship captain was pretty annoyed because he had been awarded the cleanest ship award for two years running, and here was this little horse making a big old giant mess on his his clean ship deck, and he was quite annoyed with the Marines. But, you know, it happens, and their precious war horse needed to be transferred, so it was what it was. There was some fun to be found in the midst of the war. Um, given her racehorse roots, her unit thought it would be hilarious to challenge the 1953 Kentucky Derby winner, Dark Star, to a match race. But there were conditions to their match race. It was going to be over Korean mountain terrain carrying artillery shells. So obviously Reckless would have had the advantage. This, uh, this challenge went unmet. Dark Star ignored them. So they tried again with the Preakness and Belmont champion, the famous native dancer. Again, they were ignored, but I think we can all agree that Reckless would have triumphed over her Korean terrain and her artillery, carrying artillery, because, well, no one did it better than her. There were some other fun stories that came out of her time with the Marines. 
There was one night where she ended up eating $30 worth of Joe Latham, her main handler's poker chips. Uh, She was also known to wake men up by biting their arm so they would pour her a beer or feed her a peanut butter and jelly. She wasn't too picky. She liked them both. It's clear from all the stories that Reckless had personality and then some, which I think is a hallmark of the fact that she is truly a great horse. Every great horse I've ever known has had a huge amount of personality. It's what makes them special, and it's what makes them stand out. And she's she's one of those. She's a great horse, and she had great personality to go along with that. So we're now going to transition to the end of the war and her post-war life. So on July 27th, 1953, the Korean War was declared over, and her Marines were finished in Korea and headed home. While they were packing up, Reckless actually sliced her head open in barbed wire, and it was her worst injury. It had to be stitched up, and then she had her entire head wrapped in a bandage. The pictures are hilarious. I will post those on my um, Instagram as well, so make sure to check those out. But of course, being Miss Personality, she lapped up all the sympathy she could get with her latest injury. On April 10th, 1954, she was promoted to sergeant, and that's where we get her famous name, Sergeant Reckless. October 17th, 1954, so this is just over, I'm horrible at math, but they bought her in October 1952, so we're approximately two years into her ownership by, or her employment with the Marines, and she's headed home. She's headed home to the United States because they decided there was no way they could let their beloved warhorse stay in Korea. She flew part of the journey and then settled into a steamship for the remainder of the trip across the Pacific, and by all accounts, she was a pretty good traveler and didn't get too seasick. On November 9th, 1954, Reckless set foot on California soil for the first time, and she was met there by her original purchaser, Lieutenant Peterson. She made her way to a military party, which was celebrating the birthday of the Marines, and also her return. She was the guest of honor, and as such, she got to eat the first piece of cake, which we all know she enjoyed because she loved human food. She spent a short time in quarantine. Um, It's said to be about a year, and she actually spent that at the Peterson Ranch. So she got to hang out there before settling into her life at Camp Pendleton in California. It was there that she was built her own luxury stable where she could live out her days in, you know, not a battlefield. It was decreed that she would never be ridden again. I didn't mention it earlier, but when she was in Korea, the men would occasionally hitch rides on her um, for both fun and also when they were tired, they would ride her back down the mountain instead of walking down the mountain. But at this point, they decided that her back had done enough carrying her loads in Korea and no man should ever sit on her back again, and the heaviest thing she would ever carry would be a blanket. She did have her own special blanket. It was embroidered with her name and all of her various military honors, and they would attach her purple hearts to it, and she would wear that in any official duties. She continued to be spoiled rotten by her Marines on the base, and she would regularly march with them as she was still considered to be an active-duty Marine. She also was known to escape occasionally because, you know, she had personality and a mind of her own. She once went on an adventure to the general's um, house and ate all of his wife's flowers. So she wasn't very popular for that. 
and she had some other adventures as well. In 1959, she was promoted to staff sergeant, and that would be her highest ranking. It was decided that Sergeant Reckless should have some babies, so she transitioned into motherhood in 1957. She was bred to a thoroughbred stallion and foaled a gray colt, and they ended up naming him Fearless after a contest was held for the best name. He ended up getting sold off base, and it's actually unknown where he ended up, which is really unfortunate. In 1959, she foaled another gray colt, but this time it was by an Arab stud. They named this colt Dauntless, and he actually stayed on base for many, many years and became riding horses for the base. In 1964, she had a brown colt by the same thoroughbred as her first foal, and this one was named Chesty, which I think is kind of unfortunate. We had Fearless, and we had Dauntless, like these two amazing names, and then chesty but whatever i wasn't involved in the naming committee chesty also became a base riding horse chesty died when he was 12 and dauntless actually lived to the age of 27 and he was at that point sold to a local farmer and we don't know how many more years he lived she did have one other foal she had a filly in 1965 but unfortunately the filly died within a month after birth and was never named and obviously very little is known about her because she had such a short life which I think is really sad because the one baby that could have really been been just like Reckless, another great mare, um, unfortunately didn't, didn't live very long. In 1960, she was retired from active duty, and she pretty much, you know, her life didn't really change at all. Uh, she continued her retirement and entertained legions of fans for many years. She was visited regularly by the Marines with which she had served, and along with a lot of other people. And she was just universally beloved, this amazing war horse who had done so much good that you could actually go see in California and visit with her. And being the princess that she was, she lapped up attention and she absolutely loved being surrounded by people. Her story came to an unfortunate end in 1968. At the age of 19, she became tangled in barbed wire and tore up her legs extremely bad. The hard decision was made to let her go peacefully at that point, as they knew she would suffer greatly in the healing process. My personal suspicion is that they were concerned that she would develop more serious issues during her recovery. Um, I think back to the 2006 Kentucky Derby winner Barbero, and he broke his leg during the Preakness and ended up actually dying of laminitis, not his broken leg, because his recovery had caused so many complications that the laminitis ended up being really bad. So I can't help but wonder if there was a concern for that with Reckless in a possible recovery, especially at her advanced age and having had a pretty hard life in the beginning, that maybe she would she would have a larger problem if they tried to tried to help her recover from her wounds. So unfortunately, in 1968, we lost Sergeant Reckless. And you can probably hear that I'm getting a little emotional because I always get emotional about, about this story because it just amazes me. She had a memorial service in 1971, and today you can still find statues erected in her honor at Camp Pendleton, at the Marine Corps Museum in Virginia and at Kentucky Horse Park. I personally got to see the Kentucky Horse Park um, statue last 
fall, and it was an amazing, amazing thing to see. It's a beautiful statue. I will post pictures on Instagram, um, and it's really, it's a beautiful memorial to her. She's also a limited edition briar horse, so all us horse people know how wonderful it is to have briar horses, and there is a Sergeant Reckless briar, and it includes her famous blanket that displays all of her awards and her her name, Sergeant Reckless. So I'm going to conclude this podcast by just taking a second to think about why we remember this horse more than others. What made her so special? Why do we still talk about Sergeant Reckless? Why have books been written about this little horse? I don't really know the exact answer. All I can tell you is my personal thought. I first heard the story of Reckless when I was probably about eight years old. I was reading a book with my mom called Chicken Soup for the Horse Lover's Soul. You've probably heard of it before. And there was a story about Reckless in there. And I was so blown away by this story. As I've said, I'm a, I'm a history lover, and I have been since I was very young. So to hear this story just really amazed me, and it has stuck with me. I've never forgotten this horse, and I've always just, just yearned to learn more and more and more about her. So I think that that's similar to most people's um, reason for loving this story and keeping it going. She was just a little horse, kind of an underdog. You know, she wasn't very big. There was nothing that, that made her stand out as being special. But yet, she did amazing things. She saved lives. She was loyal. She was hardworking. She was beloved by the men around her, and she loved them in return. She truly was more than just a horse. She became a Marine. And they were the ones who said that. It was her fellow Marines that would say she was way more than just a horse. She was actually one of them. She had a huge personality, and most people recognize the fact that that, that's what makes a memorable horse. She had her own opinions. She had her own quirks. And, you know, she wasn't maybe always the easiest horse in the world, but she was a great one. She was just a small horse, and she eventually became a full-fledged Marine. She saved the lives of American men. She fought on behalf of this country. And, you know, why wouldn't we remember and honor such a great animal who may not be an American by birth, but is an American by her contributions and probably should be honored as a hero? So, with that, I conclude the story of Sergeant Reckless, the horse who became a Marine, and one of my personal favorite stories and one of my personal favorite horses from history, which is why I decided that she was the right one to kick this podcast off with. Thank you for listening to Horses in History. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow along on Instagram at Horses in History. There you will find photos and other things mentioned in this episode, as well as further content about horses in history and everything related to this podcast and upcoming episodes and everything. So thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear feedback as this is my first podcast and I hope you tune back in for our next episode. Mm